So. Hi everyone, Erica Becker here at Garden City New York Media. You're watching the GC360 podcast, recorded right here at the Garden City New York Media studio. And on the podcast, we talk about everything and we have some of the most interesting people in Garden City on. So today, I'm very excited to have with me Mr. Andy Atzer. He is the Dean of, of the College of Professional and Continuing Studies at Adelphi University. So, Andy, thank you so much for thank being Thank you, Erica, for having me on your show. I really yeah. appreciate it. I'm excited. To, we have so much to talk about. This is going to be great. Um, but the first kind of thing I wanted to, well, I know that you, you're not back at school yet. So you're still on your break right now, right? Yeah, well, you know, supposedly, supposedly. but we're working. Yeah. 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 So what's a what's the break like for you? You still have to do things for school. Well, we're or? getting ready, so it's actually not a break. You know, yeah. the students are the students are on a break, but um, we've got to make sure that all the classes are filled. That the, right. the, the, a lot of our courses are online, so that the websites are all set. Mm -hmm. So we're helping the faculty to to get ready. You know, we were all on break like everybody is. You know, over the you know, the um, last week of December, the first week of January. Yeah. But once those two weeks come by, we're sort of preparing. So it's You're all back. sort of the backstage, getting ready ready for the stage to use the, you know, theater we were talking yeah. before. And, um, you know, your background is theater. And for, you know, education, it's that kind of the same thing. Similar. We're getting ready for the show to begin. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so how long have you been the dean? I want to know kind of your progression in your, the education world like how did you get to this point of being the dean oh boy yeah it has to be uh, I, I hope you don't mind a little bit of a longish answer but i guess it's very uh, important to tell you why i came to adelphi um, i've been at adelphi since july of 19 um, and the thing that attracted me to coming to adelphi is i had this long tradition of offering bachelor's degrees to adults oh and um, so people who had gone out done very well in their careers, um, but didn't have the bachelor's degree, and they may have had some college, and not having that degree was kind of a barrier for them mm -hmm. to advance. And so they'd come back as adults and do that. And Adelphi had been doing that back from the 70s. In fact, this is the college's 50th year uh, anniversary, so oh, I'll wow. talk more about that. Yeah. So why did that attract me? Well, now I'll go back to sort of the beginning. I grew up in uh, a working class family was the first person in my family to go to college. And somehow or another, I looked out and did it sort of the normal way where you go and you go for four years and you get a degree. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm the oldest sibling in my family. My brother and my sisters um, didn't do it that way. Um, they did, like most people in my family and the town I grew up in, um, they went out and they got some jobs and here and there they started trade or what have you. Um, they got married, they had kids, and then they went, hmm, I need additional education. Mm. And then they had to go back and do it in what I call the, the hard way. And I saw that, and I knew that many people, in fact, most people, um, that's how they get their education these days. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had went on and had a career uh, after I got out of college in education in a way to kind of give back because I was so grateful for what education had done for me. Wow, that's awesome. Now, in the latter stage of my career, when this opportunity at Delphi came up, what I really liked about this particular college was it kind of had all those opportunities for today's adults. It has um, this tradition of offering bachelor's degrees for adults. It also has short courses, so if you already have a degree mm -hmm. and you need to kind of build on that, it's yeah. got that, and master's degrees. So it has the whole thing, but my, my real passion is to provide educational opportunities 
for people who might not otherwise have them and to open up the university to adult learners. That's mm. really what I'm all about. And so I got really, really juiced by the opportunity to come in and, and do that at Adelphi. And I'd been at other places. I was at Columbia immediately before I came here. Mm. I was at the Wharton School for a while, involved with executive education. I was out in the desert at Arizona State University, oh, wow. which is really fun. Um, at their College of Business, uh, running executive education programs and MBA programs. And I even had a stint in Thailand for a while. I, was, oh, wow. I lived in Thailand for three years. Teaching all over the place. I was teaching, um, I originally I was a teacher of English as a second language uh -huh. um, and kind of morphed over into the administrative side of things, but I was teaching English at a graduate institution there. And so um, I have a pretty deep background in international education and cross-cultural education um, yeah. as well. So that's a kind of second passion for me. But um, it's, Adelphi had this great history of uh, an openness to alternative, non-traditional adult learners. And I thought, great, I'll come there and I'll do that. Yeah. Then the pandemic hit and we all did things in different ways. Of but that's, that's, how, that's how I did it. Okay, wow. That's super interesting. Um, so what did you go to school for originally? This is like, I think most parents who have kids in college or people who've been through college themselves can relate. I thought I knew what I wanted to do when uh -huh. I went to college. And what I wanted to do was um, um, be involved in uh, just genetic engineering for crops. You know, oh. I don't know why I thought this, but <laughs> and basically be a plant scientist. And yeah. so I went to That's Rutgers University um, and uh, discovered very quickly um, that I didn't have very much talent for things like organic <laughs> chemistry and all those kind of courses. Uh -huh. And so hmm, this isn't working out. Mm -hmm. And But my English courses were really interesting for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, happened to take a course in Shakespeare, and it was like the scales were peeled off my eyes. I just couldn't believe. I never was introduced to Shakespeare as a young really? younger person in, in high school at all for oh, some wow. reason. I guess I didn't go to a very good high school. <laughs> but uh, the teachers were fantastic in the English department and I discovered I could write. So um, I became an English major. I'm glad you asked me this question because yeah. I think it gets on it gets into some important things about education. Because in a working class family like mine, um, going to college was actually looked at as kind of a suspect thing. Like, why are you doing that? Mm. It's like book learning. Mm -hmm. All of us are electricians or plumbers or, you know, uh, longshoremen or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's the way you make a living. It, it, there wasn't the talk around the kitchen table about what college you're going to go to. It was more like, if you're going to do something, make sure it gets you a job. Mm -hmm. Make sure you go out. And in the world that I came from, Getting a job was that kind of a job, working yeah. with your hands. And so when I went to college, people kind of went, eh, okay, but is that, is that going to get you a job? And so I had my answer was, yeah, plant scientist. I'm going to write. When I changed to English, I'd be all right, right. <laughs> maybe I'll be an editor. Well, what's that? It yeah. Just people didn't really have a great. And the fact is, I didn't either. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And I don't know why I thought this way, but I just thought, to hell with it. Yeah. I have got this golden opportunity. I was given, I didn't come from a rich family, far from it, and I was given a full scholarship to go. Wow, that's awesome. And I thought to myself, rather than waste this on vocational training, why don't I just use this as an opportunity to sample all kinds of things, Yeah, right? that's, I, that's so crazy. Smart. And so that's what I did. Well, I don't know. I think it was pretty nuts, actually. <laughs> 
but it was a good instinct. Yeah. And I I, so. I'm so glad that I did that because, and I really did not have a plan. Honestly, I didn't. I'll just figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I took whatever I like, basically. And I thought, I'll just, if I do that, I'll fall into something that I'm good, mm -hmm. good at and I'll figure it out. And that's kind of what happened. So I became an English major and went on to become an English teacher in part be, because of that. Um, but, you know, that was good. And then went into education and teaching English yeah. because of that. But it really wasn't a plan. It was something I fell into. I think I'm really glad that you said that because I think that in in my generation, it, it's very much like, yeah, where are you going to go to college? You know, mm -hmm. like that was the world I grew up in. It's like, where mm -hmm. are you going to go? What are you going to study? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a, a little bit of a issue with, um, like I knew, I was rare that I knew at a young age exactly what I wanted to do and what I wanted to study. And my, I knew already, yeah. mm -hmm, really yeah. young, but that's not normal. <laughs> a mm -hmm. lot of people, even when they're about to like go to college, I don't think, I think a lot of people don't know exactly what they want to do. That's right. I think, especially now. And so I've noticed with other friends and some of my siblings, they're kind of like, oh, I don't, they kind of felt bad that they didn't know exactly what and mm. i i think no i think do what exactly what you did is the smart thing to do just go and take things and you will find something that you like mm -hmm. it can't hurt to be educated like that's right. never going to be a bad no. thing so um i think i'm glad that you said that because you are bound to fall in to find what you like to do if you just take classes that's why i'm glad i'm kind of glad that they have the gen ends you know like even yes. when you're majoring in something yes. it's like you have to take this i used to hate that uh, whenever i was because i was in yes. theater and so I was like i don't want to take science why do i need that yep. you know but mm -hmm. it's kind of good to have some of the those yep. other things going on yeah. to be well-rounded so i'll bring that up to the present because i think that's exactly right um just real quick you, you also never know what use you might make of something that you mm -hmm. learn there's a kind of famous example people have probably heard it about steve jobs who was in college and couldn't figure out why he was there and his parents weren't rich and he mm. thought, why am I wasting their money? Yeah. I'm going to quit. And he quits. And, um, but he hangs around in those days. You can, so he was interested in calligraphy and was a really good um, instructor there. And he sat in on that class and learned calligraphy without any thought about how that would be useful. Yeah. But later on, when he was inventing the Mac, that you know, those true type fonts and his interest in fonts mm -hmm. became an integral part of, and a distinguishing feature Huge part. of Max. And mm -hmm. if it weren't for the fact that he had just sort of followed this intuition or whatever. So that's number one. You never know how useful something that apparently is useless yeah. is going to be. Number two, about uh, back to gen ed, uh, general education requirements and breadth of, of education. Um, a lot of people today even make the mistake, not unlike I think the people around my kitchen table and people in my old neighborhood where I grew up, like only do what's useful and what's useful is what gets you a job. Mm -hmm. And so even today, you hear a lot of people talking about education as, well, you need to do something in science or medicine. Some of that's true, right? Like study analytics or study something that's going to get you a job. You need a skill. Yes. But I've spent a lot of time as a part of my work talking to employers. And what they say actually isn't that. If you ask most employers, and we've done this, we've done surveys, you mm -hmm. say, what do you want and what do you most need and what you're not seeing in people that you hire? Yeah. They don't say, I need somebody who can 
um, do analytics or code or understand digital. Yes, they all want that. Yeah. We can, they can teach you that. What they want are people who are able to communicate, who are able mm -hmm. to collaborate, who are able to think critically, who are able to do those things. Yeah. And guess what? That is what a good liberal arts education has always aimed for. And so one of the most practical things is all of those general education yes. courses because they're the things that get you that kind of connective tissue between all the other courses that you take. And those are the things that our employers are asking for. It's what's called, um, there's this idea of a T-shaped person. Have you ever heard that? A T-shaped person. Yeah, and yeah, it's somebody with a big head and a skin. No, it's not that. <laughs> a T-shaped person, um, this was, I think, coined by the person who founded IDEO, the design firm, a number of years ago. But basically, the idea is the top part of the T is the broad-based skill. So the thing I was just talking about before, yeah. the communication, the ability to work in teams, the ability to think across disciplines, mm -hmm. the ability to be innovative in that way. The other way is the narrow skills. So that's the area where, yeah, I know how to do social media marketing, mm -hmm. or I know how to do coding, or I mm -hmm. know about analytics, or I'm, um, you know, I've studied uh, biology or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to just have one. You don't want to be an I-shaped person, yeah. and you don't want to be a dash. You yeah. want to have both, and that's the idea. And so I, love I think that. that's, what, that's what a good education should really give to folks, and that's what we try to do. I agree with you fully. Um, I'm really excited to get more into that and talking about more things about education and um, the employment environment now. Um, but we're going to take a quick short break and we will be right back after these messages. My father never stops moving, but after he had a brain aneurysm, he had a difficult time getting back to his normal routine. That's when I called Alliance Services. They paired him with Rosa. She developed a custom home care plan that helped him with his recovery. Rosa helped me gain my independence back. Alliance Services, helping older adults continue to live well and independent. Hey everyone, we are back on the GC360 podcast. I'm here, for those of you just joining us, I'm here with Andy Atzert. He is the Dean of the College of Professional and Continuing Studies at Adelphi University. Um, we've had started with a great conversation about his educational background and uh, we were just talking about, I love this, what you brought up, that being a T-shaped pers person with needing the communication skills along with your specified skill or trade that you're trained in. Um, and I, I think it's, people are starting to realize it more now how important it is to be a good communicator. Um, I've noticed that a lot, that there are even, not necessarily inside of a college, but there are courses being offered on team building and being communicating healthfully, like in a healthy way and emotional intelligence. And I'm really glad that these things are starting to take kind of a forefront because I think that if you, to be a good, to build a business mm -hmm. or to be a good business person or to move up in your career, people have to, you have to work well with people. Yes. No matter what, like, even if you have, if you want to kind of be a hermit and have a kind of job like that, but if you want to really like be successful in your own right, you collaboration is it. I mean, none yeah. of us, none of us succeed 
on our own. No, you we're humans. You have to do that with, you know, you do that with others and all great organizations are, become great, not because of one individual genius, um, but the way in which they can leverage the skills and intelligence of a very broad, diverse group of mm -hmm. people. Um, research that um, I do, the academic research I do, is um, about uh, cultural intelligence and mm. diversity. And I'm finishing up a study um, now of global virtual teams cool. and at diversity on global, global virtual teams. Wow. And what all the research um, says, including the, the research that I'm finishing up, is that um, a diverse team of people can always outperform a homogenous group of people, but only if they know how to leverage the diversity and work together. If they don't, and you get these factions that form, they actually perform worse Ooh. than a homogenous group because they splinter, they fracture. And so diversity is an asset, but it's an asset that you have to learn how to use. And yeah. so the reason I bring that up in relation to what you said is that, that nobody, no one person is good enough to make a group work well. You have to have that teamwork and you yeah. have to have a diverse team. And then you have to know how to make that diverse team work. So. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, we do at my college is we have programs that help individuals and groups to do exactly that, oh. um, to be able to work well together. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah you mentioned that um, you have some programs, I think they're for um, geared towards working professionals, some programs that you have going on right now. Mm -hmm. Are they specifically for you were talking about like adults coming back to college. Yep. It specifically is for those people. Yeah, and I, basically I, the way I think of our offerings are in three areas. And one of them is the area which is the tradition of our college, the legacy where we started, which are adult bachelor's degree completion programs. And these are important. I mean, right now in the US, there's, depending on what figures you look at, there's somewhere between 36 million and 40 million adults who have some college but no degree. Mm. And, um, and I'll get to the other two areas in a second, but this is the one that I'm passionate about, so it's the one I talk about um, the most. And I think it's the one that a lot of your listeners and viewers um, can, can relate to as well. Sure. Um, not everybody, most people, uh, well, about 40, 45% of people who start college don't finish. Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll come back and then they don't finish again. Yeah. And so you have this large tens of millions of people in the United States who have some college and no degree. And the research also is very clear that that has an economic impact. Um, or the other way to look at it is once you get the degree, you increase your earnings potential um, by hundreds of thousands of dollars over um, a lifetime. And so um, making sure that we have a way for people to easily come back as an adult, come into college and balance that while they're working, while they're raising kids, mm -hmm. while they're doing elder care, all of the things that adults have to do in their lives, studying is an even harder thing to do. So yeah. we put together programs that, uh, and we're not the only ones, other universities are doing this too, to meet the needs of this very important group uh, of people. Um, so the second area is um, if you've already completed college, everybody who's done that knows that that's not enough. The world is, is yeah. changing. You can't just, you know, you could have out four years and out yeah. and that's it i'm done with education nope. things are changing so education fast never ends back. so lifelong learning that's the idea of continuing education that's why we have that in the title of the college 
we have short courses uh, for people who want to come back mm -hmm. and and kind of tank up on the latest and the newest things that they could learn to advance their careers. And then we have traditional master's degrees uh, mm -hmm. as well at Adelphi. We have one in emergency management and then I'm building some others. So people who want an advanced degree can also come and get that. So mm -hmm. it's really those three things. That's cool. Complete a bachelor's degree, do continuing education if you've already got a degree, if you want to go beyond a bachelor's degree for a master's degree um, to do that. Yeah, I think that's great. And that's something that I've learned too, is that you're never done learning just because you have that degree doesn't mean you're not going to keep taking. I've taken classes and all my dance, acting and voice and just even different courses that I'm just curious about. Like I took a health course one time because I wanted to learn more about nutrition. You know, it's I just think it's important to always be open to learning more. Um, so I love that you guys offer that. To people that's great it's really necessary now that the employers know this and um, this is why employers have their own training and development programs mm -hmm. and many of the employers here on Long Island have spent a lot of resources and a lot of time developing internal training programs for um, for their people mm -hmm. um, what's really interesting to me about today's environment and the work that these companies are doing is how we can help them and cooperate with them in that learning because as i said before you know with the t-shaped person they're pretty good at that the eye part right. of the t right yeah um they can train folks to do that but what about the other parts that complement that mm -hmm. you know if you've already you know you've already gotten a bachelor's degree maybe you've got some of that but you always need to improve those things yeah. and so those are things that we can help with but there are some there are so many interesting experiments that are going on now in the field of education. I, I really feel like we're in a kind of golden age of experimentation right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll just give you a couple examples. Um, um, IBM has partnered with um, some universities and we're one of them to be able to offer employees uh, of companies, their employees, um, an opportunity to get credit for courses that IBM creates oh. get university credit. Cool. So the idea, and this is not the only uh, one of these, but the idea is if you go through a company training program, the company can actually work with the university to, for the university to analyze that course to see what its equivalent is in terms of credits for college. Right, yeah. And so if there are people in a company that want to get a college education, whether it's a graduate degree or whether it's an undergraduate degree, this kind of cooperation between a company and a university can mean that a person can kind of kill two birds at once, right? Yeah. They can just kill two birds at one stone. They can go do their company training and get some credit for that at the university as they complete a degree, whether it's a bachelor's degree or a graduate degree. Yeah. That's good for the company, that's good for the employees, but I also say it's also good for universities because things are changing so fast that universities really can't often keep up in terms of the curriculum oh. with the way in which things are developing in the commercial world and universities and companies have always cooperated in these ways with research yeah. labs but with curricula doing this kind of cooperation with a company on its internal training 
can help us with our training, with our curriculum as well. So we can learn from companies and they help our program. So that's mutually beneficial. It helps you guys too. Yeah, that is great. I was going to ask you about that too. The, with the way that this, I feel like what you, when you said we're in the golden age of experimentation, I feel like it's like that, not just in education, but just in a lot of things in the world right now. Like, I feel like the career world is very interesting right now. People mm-hmm. are running their own businesses from their house and making millions of dollars. And like people are making money being a YouTube person and people are doing, it's just kind of wild out there. Yep. So, um, so how I was going to ask, how does, how is Adelph like in your personal experience, how is, how has that been keeping up with this? Change. Um, what we see is an opportunity, both a challenge and an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's changing so fast that we have to work hard to keep up with it. But um, in some ways, what we do is, and anybody who's in business would be familiar with this, we're responding to an educational market, mm-hmm. and we approach that market in the same way that any business approaches their market. So we have to keep up with the market research, and we yeah. look at labor statistics. <laughs> we look at um, uh, what kind of jobs are posted. We have... We have services that are available to us that actually do sort of crawl the data of job posting so that we can see what kind of skills and degrees and certificates or whatever being required by employers for Mm -hmm. certain kinds of jobs. And then we try to be ahead of the curve and offer things that meet employer demand. But we have to survey the market just like anybody else does and think about, you know, as Wayne Gretzky said, don't skate to where the puck is, skate to where it's going. (laughs) where things are heading, right? Um, and so uh, we're pointing to things like um, healthcare administration, um, you know, cybersecurity, mm. um, data analytics, but not just those things, but how do those things combine with other things? So, you know, how do you, you know, can, how does somebody who's in um, advertising work with analytics? Or how does somebody who's in the nonprofit sector uh, mm. work with analytics? And how do you combine those things? Because these advances in technology and in healthcare aren't just in those fields, they're actually affecting other industries too. And so entirely new jobs are being created all the time. Yeah. And it's just a lot of, we have to have an an outward focus. Um, I spend about 20% of my time, probably more this year, um, just talking to employers and just going out to Mm -hmm. see what their needs are in terms of learning and development with uh, employees and just um, this week, um, when was it? Today's Wednesday, it was just yesterday. I was at at, um, an event at the New York Athletic Club. Chuck Schumer was there uh, talking. There were lots of um, uh, people in the business community there. And I happened to sit at a table with um, a really great group of people. One of them owns the biggest, what do you call it, an open kitchen. I hadn't heard of this business before. But it's kind of place, right? So, I mean, basically, during the pandemic, a lot of people, this is what he told me, a lot of people said, what am I going to do? I want to do something new in my life. Mm -hmm. A lot of people thought food business. Yeah. And so, but they couldn't afford to have a kitchen of their own. And so they, you know, entrepreneurial thinking, they rent space in this sort of open kitchen. It's Mm -hmm. this huge place that he's got. I never heard of that, right? So it was so cool to think about this yeah. right and so he's got this business which i never even imagined would exist mm. people who know about this will say well you just don't know we've had yeah. this a while but it sounded all really really new to me so that's what i do i mean i go out and talk to people and kind of find out what's new 
and this person also was doing the same thing. He was very much aware of how people's ideas of employment and how to make a living uh-huh. change. And he was doing something in his space to help those yeah. folks. And that's what we do too. I think that sounds, that would be interesting to go out and talk to different people, do employers and see what they're looking for. Yep. So if anybody out there wants to chat with me, yes. you can do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. Wow. And it also makes me think about <clears throat> kind of going back a little bit to talking about getting a degree and if if you don't know what you want to do or should you go um there has been kind of a debate going on about if you really need a college degree that's right because there have been people who have been successful did you mentioned one of them earlier mm-hmm. um who didn't finish college you quit and right. there's a few i mean mark zuckerberg did that right um there's several others and there's people on instagram that i see now who are doing business and they're like, you know, saying you don't need a college degree. So how do you feel about that? Well, it's interesting that those companies that were led by those folks have a college degree requirement for a lot of their job postings. Mm -hmm. And so they know themselves that they're the exception and not the rule. Uh But I actually agree in the sense that, you know, as I said before, I come in this country to be fair to those folks who are saying, is the college degree worth it? We've overemphasized it mm. in um, a way that doesn't make sense. Whereas in other countries, Germany is one of them, you know, maybe the best example. They have great um, other ways of paths to a career yeah. that involve apprenticeships and all kinds of training. And the truth is, is, if you look at some of the economic statistics, a lot of folks would be better off becoming a bricklayer or a mason or um a drone operator yeah, or whatever or some kind of skill that doesn't require a full college degree and you, you can still have a need good job. those people yeah. like yeah we need those people to do those things and i guess too um going to what you said about like in germany they have other ways of learning i think apprenticeships and internships are some of the at least for me that i learn well by doing by doing so if I like can shadow somebody for a little bit, then I could probably do what they're doing. You know, that's how yeah. I kind of, I'm a hands-on kind of person. Yeah. So um, I did, I do think that that's kind of like an interesting way to put it, but also I'm glad I have a college degree. Exactly. <laughs> I am glad yeah. I do, you know, because right. it doesn't hurt. Right. I can still continue, like you said right. too, I can still continue educating and, whatever other places I want to. Right. And it, I think, you know, in a fair, just society, mm-hmm. what we want to end, what we want to move for is to not, um, to make it possible for people to do both, mm-hmm. to not have one or the other, that it's not exclusive. Like, it, you know, if you go down this path and later you want to decide mm-hmm. to go in the other direction, you yeah. can do that, right? And that that isn't frowned upon, that it's encouraged. Um, and so I think we're seeing more of this. Uh, a lot of us who are in higher education are looking at um, pathways or what are called stacked credentials where you could might start out in a vocational area, but some of that would later count toward oh. a college degree if you wanted. And so you can kind of do it That's in this cool. kind of stepwise approach. And as I say, we don't really have an articulated way of doing that mm-hmm. in this country as it is in other places, but this is an enormous country. Yeah. Um, and you know that's part of what makes it makes it so great. 
but it's very chaotic um, mm -hmm. in terms of the educational system and the credentials. I just saw a report the other day that there are uh, over a million different um, kinds of credentials, educational credentials that are offered in the United States right Gosh, now. Gosh, that's people overwhelming. People are trying to make sense of them for years. But, but providing people with opportunities, saying, why not go become um, a bricklayer or a baker and then later on become you know, somebody who's um, in a managerial role in a company that has you know, in construction or yeah. you know, in, in publishing that has to do yeah. with food, why not? Um, so opening up these kind of pathways, uh, not stigmatizing people who uh, choose to work with their hands or choose to do a vocational thing, mm -hmm. making that as noble a kind of work, because it is, yeah. uh, as everything else. And then employers are getting smarter too. Um, you know, college degree used to be a proxy for saying that a person was educated. Yeah. I think what you're referring to is uh, employers waking up and saying, wait a minute, maybe I don't, maybe just because a person has a college degree doesn't mean that they have all the skills that no. I need. Maybe I can start. So the famous examples are, oh, Google's hiring people right out of high school who do coding, right? Mm -hmm. That's a bit overblown. If you look <laughs> at their job, their job postings, they're still requiring college degrees for um, a lot of, a lot of the jobs. And again, it goes back to what I said earlier. They want people with that connective tissue too. And oftentimes yeah. it's that. One final thing I'll say about it is, you know, I said that I had the opportunity to discover Shakespeare, yes. discover Chaucer, um, discover how to, you know, a course in beekeeping, you know, yeah. that I liked. That shouldn't be for the privileged few who get the opportunity to go to college. Mm -hmm. Everybody should have the opportunity to explore in that sort of way. And so making a broader college education available, even to people who to choose to pursue a vocational area, is very, very important. Um, W.E.B. Du Bois talked about this in his essay over a century ago on the education of black folk when there was a debate about, you know, how do we, you know, this is when, you know, um, uh, HBCUs were, were, were coming into the fore. Yeah. And um, his argument was, because there, was a, 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 there were people who were arguing, like, just make it about getting jobs. And he said, no, equality means... It's not just vocation. We don't want this, that. Yeah. We want access to all the other parts of education mm -hmm. as well. I think that that's still true for everybody. We, we, we should make sure that everybody has access to a, a full college education. Even if you don't need that for your career, it benefits your life as well. And I find ways so. to make that affordable. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so you guys are currently, I guess, probably still where I, I know that that's been in the works and in talks. I've heard it for years. So... I'm sure that's a long way to go. Uh, mean making it affordable that's right. for, and yeah. more accessible to more people. <laughs> One of the things I can say about making it affordable is, um, I'm sure a lot of the viewers and listeners um, can relate, is that one of the difficulties that's faced by particularly people who have some college but no degree is that they've taken a lot of courses that actually count, don't count toward a degree. And then when they come back, they've uh, kind of wasted that money. And so they may have gosh. debt. And so a lot of those folks end up getting a college degree if they do end up getting a college degree, but taking way over the typical 120 credits mm. it takes to get a bachelor's degree. So what we do and a lot of colleges do that work with these populations is make sure that we have a plan for them, that it's the shortest possible plan. Because 
So what that means is how many of your transfer credit, how many can, credits can we transfer in from other colleges? Uh -huh. Make sure that they get credit for all Yeah. Of not only that, is there anything that you've done in your life in terms of military training, in terms of maybe training for as an EMT, in terms of training that you have done in the workplace, as I mentioned before, that could potentially count for college credit that will save you money yeah. and save you time to get your degree. So yeah. making college affordable for these folks isn't just about lowering the per credit rate mm -hmm. of tuition or the sticker price. It's about making it the, the path yeah. a little shorter. Kind of like the stacked giving, credits, and, right? Exactly. And so we work, we're working really hard and we've had a tradition at, at Delphi of doing this for our adult learners. And I'm glad to see that a lot of um, other universities are doing this as well, because more broadly, as a society, that's the way to do it for these folks. It's yeah. just like, don't waste their time, don't waste their money, get them mm -hmm. to the point uh, where they can graduate. That's, yeah. what we, that's what we do. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I do think education is so important. And so it's good to hear that people are just continuing to work towards that. Um, but this has been such a great show. Andy, you've given me so many great, our viewers too, I'm sure are loving all the tidbits and the inside info about you and everything. It's just been really great. Thank you. Um, and make sure you check out Adelphi's website if you're interested in continuing your education or starting your education. It's that obviously we have Andy here who has been a tremendous advocate to how great the school problem is is doing. So make sure you check it out there. And Andy, again, thank you so much thank you, for being on the, be on the show. It's been great. great. Uh, this episode was sponsored by um, Alliance Services. And thank you for tuning in to the GC360 podcast. We will see you next week. Season's greetings, everyone. Erica Becker here, your host at Garden City, New York Media. I am very excited to announce that I'll be providing acting classes for young people in Garden City in 2023. To stay updated and for more information, visit our website at longislandacting.com. Thanks so much and happy holidays.